Welcome to One Heart, One Mind, a podcast of the Nampa, Idaho South Stake to inspire and give hope in our efforts to build Zion. And now your host, Kim Keller. Hello, welcome to the One Heart, One Mind Nampa podcast. I'm Kim Keller, and I'm happy today to be joined with uh, Michelle Lundgren, uh, who's going to talk to us a little bit about her perspective on bearing our burdens with faith. She's got some stories to tell us about uh, what do you do when you reach your limit. So, first of all, welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Glad to have you here. Before we get into your story, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I grew up in Lewiston, Utah. It's in Cache Valley near Logan. And I have um, served a mission in Houston, Texas. I came back from that, moved to Boise, met my husband, and um, I guess he wasn't my husband when I met him, was he? <laughs> I met I met Sam, and we got married, and um, soon after moved to Nampa, and we've been here for about 20 years. We have three boys and a girl, and um, I enjoy lots of things like cooking and reading, yeah. hiking, camping, um, traveling, dates with Sam, eating at all the food trucks I can find. Uh, um, I know you like podcasting. I know you're kind of new to it because you have been part of our podcast committee since the beginning. I have. Tell us about that. What have you been doing for us? Well, my job was, I don't remember what my specific title was, but I would, I was on the content team and would help to come up with questions and help find stories for podcasts. Yep. Have you been enjoying this? Um, immensely. Yes. It's been a fun journey, hasn't it? Yes. It's been great. I've been doing it for about six months and, um, the, the highlight is the group that I got to work with. Yeah. That's so great. But I got to tell you, and you know this already, but it's a sad day for us because you are, you had a new calling in your ward and so you're not going to be on our podcast committee anymore. It is very sad. <laughs> yeah. So we thought we'd like to hear your story um, as you enter into this new calling in your life, because we know that you've got lots to share with us. So let's get into it. Is that okay? Absolutely. Wonderful. Tell me a little bit about um, why this topic today. Why are we talking about bearing our burdens with hope? Um, we're talking about this because this was a major part of my life about eight years ago. Um, my daughter had... Um, <clears throat> She had suffered with a, a lot of stomach pains, a lot of problems. She cried and begged not to go to school and, and was just struggling with feeling well. And that was going on for about two years. I really thought there would could be you know a chance of bullying at school or a difficult teacher or whatever and spent tons of time at the school. And <clears throat> eventually she started to look really pale and had not been growing and so i took her to the doctor and at my insistence they did a blood test and found out that she had celiac Mm. and so um since then i i've learned a lot about celiac it's an autoimmune disease it's something that she will never heal from or recover from. It's not like an an allergy that will eventually could go away. Um, it's, it is her life forever. And she has to be very careful with gluten. Mm -hmm. She can't, she can't eat it 
um, <clears throat> it celiac can even mimic a dairy intolerance. And so at first she had to not only go without gluten, but also without dairy for three months while her intestines healed. And what it does, what celiac will cause is for, is if, if someone with celiac eats gluten over a long period of time, the intestines will not absorb nutrients from their food and distribute it throughout the body. And so after two years, when she's starting to look pale, that's, that's a sign that her even organs are being affected by not being able to have nutrients to her body. Wow. And, you know, and obviously as, obviously for her, this is a burden, right? Oh, absolutely. But, and, 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 but at the same time, there's nothing like a parent having to watch their child suffer and not have an answer. I mean, yeah. I, I know nothing more than the intense intensity of a mother who wants to know what is going on. <laughs> it's it's true. I kind of felt bad for the doctor at the yeah. office because she's like, oh, I think maybe we should try adding some fiber. And I was like, do you think fiber is going to take away her stomach aches? <laughs> no, we're doing a blood test and I'm not going to leave until it happens. So I was pretty insistent about that. Well, tell us about uh, May 2014. That seems to have been a turning point in helping you and your daughter work through this, this new burden and new difficulty in your life. Yeah, May 2014, that was the month that she was diagnosed. And so before it could become a turning point, it was actually um, a very, very heavy, heavy burden. Um, <clears throat> at the time, I had two time-consuming callings. Um, my ward calling was that I was in the Young Women's Presidency, and so I was teaching and also had weekly activities to attend. And then I have also a regional calling of the, I was, I am the BYS participant director. And so my busiest months with BYS are from April to July every year. And so I was right in the thick of that. I was the PTA secretary at the elementary school. Um, I had four kids in soccer with various practice times and locations and, and practice dates. And I didn't have a teenage driver at the time either. We have two birthdays in May, and then May also is the end of the school year where events, um, concerts, tournaments, everything like that happens too. So it was, it was very busy and difficult. And so when I received this news that she had celiac and needed to eat gluten-free on top of everything else I had going on, um, I, I felt a huge weight. I, I could see myself standing at the edge of a cliff and my toes were peeking over the edge and there was just darkness all around me darkness below the cliff and fog and i just i just knew that one more little tap and i would just be pushed over like i i really was at my at my limit of what i could do at the time Ugh. um so it is, this is not an uncommon thing for each of us to experience this at some point in our lives be, with some different set of circumstances, right? Um, but this is what this podcast is about, is how do we bring hope to each of us who may have a, a similar situation brought on by completely different things, but still feeling all the same weight and darkness that you were feeling. What did you do to start pulling back from this precipice? Um, at first, I didn't know what to do. I actually thought 
that I would ask to be released from my calling in the Young Women's Presidency. I, I It made sense in my head that if I could um, eliminate something from my schedule and my calendar that was taking so much time, that it would ultimately free up time for me to focus on gluten-free food and menu planning and the time at the grocery store that now was taking three times longer than it used to. And, um, you know, I'd just be able to put that time into my daughter instead. But at the same time, I was currently working on the personal progress program for young women's and earn and trying to earn my young women uh, medallion. I had been encouraging the girls to do this and I didn't feel like I could encourage them to do it if I wasn't willing to do it myself. So um, one of the things that I was working on at this exact same time was um, under the under the faith I can't remember what it's called, but the anyway, um, under the subject of faith and one of the one of the uh, requirements was to look up specific scriptures about about faithful experiences and then also choose a conference talk to listen to about faith. And so I read the scriptures and they started from Old Testament to New Testament to Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, and then Joseph Smith history. And as I read each one, it talked about different experiences. Noah was able to build an ark through faith and Nephi built a boat by faith. Um, the brother of Jared saw the finger of the Lord and um, eventually Joseph Smith was able to see God and Jesus Christ. All of these experiences were were huge. They were they were big they were a big deal. Hardly anyone has built an ark before, but yet no one was able to accomplish that by faith in Jesus Christ. It's little things at a time. And I realized that when we do something as small as pray or read scriptures, we are acting in faith. That's, that's a beginning. And so that was, that was comforting to learn. The conference talk that I chose to read was um, Bear, Up, Bear Up Their Burdens with Ease by Elder David A. Bednar. And he gave that in just the month before in April 2014. Um, and in that conference talk, he talked about a, a gentleman who got a new truck. I remember he, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah he wanted to take truck. this <laughs> truck and um, take it to the mountains, and he decided he was going to get some firewood and take it home. But he ended up getting this truck stuck in deep snow, and all of his all of the wheels were just spinning and turning, and he he did not know what to do to get out of this situation. But he decided instead of just sitting there that he would actually get to work and do what he came for and cut wood. So he loaded the whole back of the truck up with this heavy load of wood and then tried one more time to get out of this situation. And as he slowly started to pull forward, his truck got out of the deep snow that it was in. And he realized that the what what got him out of that situation was the load. It was the weight of the wood in the truck that that was able to give him this, the traction to get out of the truck. And Elder Bednar related that 
to the spiritual traction that we need to be able to bear our own load. So as I listened to that, I, I just had the instinct that I didn't need to be released from my calling, that my calling was actually what was giving me the spiritual traction to get through this and that I needed to follow through on what on the scriptures I had read on this story that that was resonating with me and that I just needed to act in faith. So I did. I I spent lots of time on my knees and I and I just expressed to Heavenly Father how how heavy this was and how difficult this was and and you know how when if you have someone over for dinner and they say oh i have a i have a food allergy i can't have dairy the first five things in your head all have dairy in them and you go oh well i have nothing to feed them like that that was my situation and i was uh, that's all that came to my mind was food that had gluten and i could not give that to my daughter and i was not feeling like i was able to give her um the life-sustaining food that she needed. And as a mom, that is just unfathomable. Mm -hmm. So I just expressed all of this to, to Heavenly Father in prayer. And, and then I, then I had a thought that was like, why don't you pray for what you need? It's like, well, I need, what I need is gluten-free food ideas. That's what I need. And so the miracle that happened was that images of gluten-free food that I had on hand just showed up in my mind and they were things I could put together. And so that became, that became a very ritualistic morning habit every morning. What can I make for dinner? I have a busy schedule today and I need some dinner ideas. And food ideas would go through my head and I, I would make gluten-free food. So I never had a week's worth of food go through my head. It was only what I needed for that day, right? It was very, very, just one step at a time. But slowly I felt myself backing up from that cliff. I, I changed nothing about my schedule, nothing about my time restraints. I, my my demands on my time were exactly the same. But the difference was that I incorporated my Heavenly Father in the journey. Well, wonderful. I think what's resonating with me as you talk about this is the fact that you had this heavy load. Because we do have that choice. And there are some times where it's, we, we do need to have some things lifted off, right? And and that's the, the careful decision of a of a, a church leader and a parent and, and a couple of, you know, are things too much. But what I like about your story is you say, okay, this is a lot. I'm considering offloading, but it drove you to your knees, right? I mean, yeah. and, and that's where the Lord says, hey, I can help you with these things. But he doesn't if we just think our own brains are going to figure this out. Uh, but So what I like about what, what you're telling us is this, this load caused you to go ask for help. And if the load hadn't been there, you might not have gone to ask for help. Is that right? Am I saying that? Oh, that's right absolutely correct. Yeah. I, I realized I could either continue trying to do this on my own and feeling 
and continue feeling that that weight and that burden or I could ask Heavenly Father for help. I that was those were my two options. It's so fascinating as you talk about it. I started imagining people offloading all their responsibilities in life. This everything's just so hard. And and so much of what we see in problems of whether it's youth or adults is when they offload responsibilities because they think life is too hard, then they just float around and uh, and they they get stuck in uh, in selfishness. They get stuck in idle time. They get stuck in you know in in loops that aren't healthy. Uh, and there's no need to ask Heavenly Father for help because you've offloaded every responsibility in order to have an easy life. Uh, so. I just I t- thought that that kind of went through my mind too as you were talking. Yeah, Elder Bednar brought that up in his talk um, somewhat. He he asked a question about um, for just self reflection is is are the things that we're wanting to offload the things that are actually giving us the spiritual traction? Um, and yeah. so that was that was. A moment for me when I realized that I didn't actually need to be released. Yeah. I just had to, I I needed to incorporate um, the Savior in the journey so that I, um, you know, so that I I had the help that I needed and could could progress forward with it instead of. Do you think somebody it. might listen to this topic and say? So that mean I'm I need to make myself get busier and make my life harder. Do you think people will be thinking that would that be a mistake if somebody took it that way? I think everybody's busy mm-hmm. and everyone has different levels of what is too much for them, mm-hmm. right? Like um I I know that I'm capable of taking on a lot and so is my husband and we do. We we wear many hats because we can, but other people other people aren't you know, built that same way. They don't Or different have... times of their life. Yeah. There's different times of life where you are sturdy and there's other times where you're just not. Yeah. And, if uh, you added the PTA into my life right now, couldn't do it. Yeah. 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 It's not the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that window was kind of just for that time and then it was closed. Yeah. That's interesting. That's great. So tell me more. Anything else you've learned from this experience that you want to share with us? Um... Yeah, actually, I what I have learned is that you know a lot of times a lot of you hear you hear different scriptures and things that come to mind. Um, there's a scripture in oh now I'm gonna forget where it's at. Anyway, um, the standard works. Yeah, it's yeah. in the standard works. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. like that answer. Yeah. It's in the standard works. <laughs> um, you know that God, that God will the the essence of it. It's not exactly quoted, but the essence of it is that God will not give us more than we can bear. Mm-hmm. And at this point in my life, it was absolutely without fail more than I could bear. It really was, and that scripture kind of bothered me for a little bit because I was like, I I can't I can't do this. But what I actually realized was <laughs> the. I wasn't, I was given more than I could bear on my own. But if I was yoked with Jesus Christ and using Heavenly Father through prayer, I, it wasn't more than I could bear. It was Mm -hmm. absolutely an ease of my burden. He, he helped me work through it instead of allowing me to, 
to do it on my own. And that I th- I've come to realize that that is more along the lines of what that scripture really means. Yeah. It's it isn't things might be more than you can handle on your own, but if you involve Heavenly Father, then it isn't it it is no longer um, too heavy. Yeah, I, I, if I remember, I think he's that scripture is is he gets kind of specific and says that you won't be tempted about that you're able to bear without God making a way for you to escape it or mm-hmm. to, to, to that you can handle every temptation. I used to think that God would, when I used to hear that scripture back in seminary, I thought, okay, that means I'll never have such, it'll never be so hard that I can't do it, right? It's like, I'll never have hard things. God's going to be, but you can have amazingly hard things. It's just that he'll always make a way for you to be able to, to be able to resist that temptation. In this case, the temptation could be to say, I'm, I'm giving up, you know, I, uh, this is too much. I'm not going to, not going to carry through on the things that I feel I should be doing. So, uh, no, that's, that's great. So thankful that he, that he does allow a way to escape, uh, those things. But like you said, it, it comes from letting him take that burden. Well, who, who would know that? I mean, it, it makes sense to me now, but I would never have imagined that the creator of the earth, the all magnificent, all powerful being also knows how to cook gluten-free food. <laughs> that it, it blows my mind, but that's initially where I learned how to cook gluten-free. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually I, I put a lot of time into continuing that study and learning and, and figuring everything I could about celiac and, you know, things that, you know, I, if if you're buttering toast and a regular bread, you know, not gluten-free bread, if you're going to butter a regular gluten-free or regular regular toast with regular bread, you butter that and then you decide you want to add more butter, you have to get another knife and get the butter with that and so that you don't leave bread crumbs in the butter because those little tiny crumbs would be too much for someone that has celiac. Mm. So that's the same with peanut butter and jam and mayonnaise and um, spoons. If you're cooking pasta, two different pastas on the stovetop and one's gluten-free and one isn't, you need two different spoons to stir those and you can't get them mixed up. Yeah. So I have multiple appliances at my house. I we had for a while we had two toasters because there's no way you can get all the breadcrumbs out of a toaster right Right. so and what happens when one of the boys forgets and puts the puts the bread in the gluten that had to have happened oh it's happened yeah yeah it's happened incredible angst in the house no okay no it isn't because luckily you can see the breadcrumbs okay so you look and Marin goes well I can no longer have that butter. So what she'll do is just open another one and we have two things of butter up in the cabinet. Yeah, so it just... It By the just... way, you brought in some cookies that Marin cooked that are gluten-free. Mm-hmm. I could not tell a difference. Nope. You can't. Yeah. You, you can't. Good job, Marin. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So for, what is this going to do? How does all this knowledge help you uh, going forward in your new calling as you're going to be working with sisters in your ward? What, what, uh, what do you have to share with them? Um, the biggest thing that I have learned through all of this is that, that I, I am absolutely confident in the fact that God knows me, God loves me, God loves my children. And, 
And he does so, and I know that because he's willing to give me direction and answers in their behalf. I know that I can approach him in prayer and receive answers for anything. If I can get answers for gluten-free food, I can receive answers for anything in my life. I love that. I love that testament because there's so many people who go through phases in their life or or are still there now where say where they say I don't think I'm really getting an answer. I don't really know how to do that. But when you cross that threshold where you begin to know what answers look like and what they feel like for you from our heavenly Father, it's empowering for for your, your future, isn't it? It is. There's another thing I learned um, also is that is that uh, you know. <laughs> I've heard that God speaks to us in our language, mm-hmm. right? And for a long time, I thought that for me meant the English language. Now it's the gluten language. And it could be, <laughs> yes, and it could be any language. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. My, it could be my, my love language. How I, how I receive and feel love, God knows that. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. speaks to me that way. And he will speak to my kids in their own way and to everyone else their way. So if you know how you how you receive love the most, that is how God is going to speak to you because he knows yeah. you. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you. A- anything else that you can share with us that, uh, as, as we finish up our podcast today? Just, just one thought that that I didn't realize at first, but has come to me over the past eight years is that, um, that it is because when, when we make covenants with our heavenly father first through baptism and then, then in the temple, we, there are certain blessings that we can receive from keeping the covenants that we have made. And that is, that is, in essence, for me, um, a kind of a a big deal because I know that as I diligently strive to be obedient to those covenants and the commandments that God has given, I can I can approach Him, and because because we have an atonement that was given through our Savior, anything He will help us with anything that we need. Um, we can ask for the ministering of angels and receive those because because if we're obedient to our baptismal covenant that is that's the blessing that we can expect to receive if we are obedient to the covenants that we make in the temple we can expect to receive knowledge and power and and that is it is all up to us if we keep the covenants that we have made the atonement has already been made for us. So that basically, those covenants link us to Jesus Christ and our obedience keeps that link in place. So, and that is what makes our burdens easy is having that having that link through covenants. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for your time with us tonight. Thank you for the time you spent on our podcast committee. Uh, we're going to miss you, but there are sisters in your ward who are who need you. So we're... We're okay to give you up for a little while. (laughs) Thank you. I'll miss everybody too. Thank you so much for listening to One Heart, One Mind Nampa. Our hosts are the amazing overseer, Tim Keller and lovely Lindy Bauer. President Keller's right arm is our project director and podcast announcer, Casey Maddox. 
Our front line is Avaretti Rachel Bauer to direct the site recording. A big thanks to Kayla Christensen who is the backbone project manager for us and keep us all together. Our contact man to coordinate communications is John Freeman. Our technical life is given by Jesus Gomez, the key grip and podcast recorder, and Don Ricker, the digital platform manager. Not to mention they both provide plenty of behind the scenes good humor for our happiness. A special thanks to Rich Petrie and DJ Holiday for final edits. Thank you for listening to One Heart, One Mind. We hope that you have felt inspiration and hope in moving towards Zion. As always, thank you, and may the Lord bless you.